Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. It's such a reward to read DevOps for Dummies. I don't know. <laughs> it's a reward to read any book. I encourage everyone to read. <laughs> Reading is good. And Reading DevOps for Dummies good. is such a, a wonderful read. It's, I am not a DevOps super ninja or anything of the sort, but I'm just taking a lot of good ideas, uh, best practices, life lessons, common sense. I don't know. Great, great things are in this book. It's just, it's it's awesome, you know. Even this book, uh, this the chapter nine on the code on code, which I was like, oh, I'm not a coder. I don't want to read this chapter. It's going to be too complicated. But you know, right away she starts the chapter. I wrote this with ops in mind. I'm like, yay, a chapter for IT. <laughs> and you know, and then she's talking about imposter syndrome and just lots of things to avoid when you're coding. And uh, it was it was a it was wonderful. Every page is a delight. I. I just don't know when I've said that last for a book, but you know, how many books do I read? <laughs> I, I wish I had more time for books. I, yeah. I get normally one or one or two in a year, but mostly podcasts and sometimes an audio book. Yeah. Well, my wife is definitely the smarter of us too. And uh, she's an avid reader. So big yes. clues there, you know, reading makes smart, makes good. <laughs> But they just reopened our uh, libraries a few weeks ago, and so we can actually go in and get books and take them out again, which is, wow. Kind of like not eating food for two weeks. It really makes you appreciate. <laughs> and so, yeah, I went in there. My wife, of course, had many books on hold because she's organized and does that. And I just went, <laughs> I'll just look at what the quick reads section is. And I swear to goodness i thought i was in you know some kind of southern country of ours um every single book in the quick read was about donald trump <laughs> it was crazy well yeah, yeah it is a it is a short quick read it's it's a, it's a it's a world thing right now but yeah apple has announced their their event to be next tuesday which is when this drops um which will more than likely be probably the new phone and maybe some new hardware possibly apple silicon hardware yeah rumors on apple events hey you know but other than that well uh, maxis had been will have wrapped yeah by when this drops and what a delight that has been that's been spectacular I'm... to wake up and have all of these amazing sessions just ready to go to watch yeah leisure we should never compare ourselves to others and we should never compare one conference to another, but recent experience with two back-to-back conferences, I'm quite enjoying this experience waking up in the morning and there's like half a dozen videos, some classics rewatch and some new content um, mm -hmm. and a Slack channel to, you know, say hi to. Um, um, yeah, it's been good. I, we do need occasionally every couple of months, a reminder of how some events are going or how Python or monkey or how, um, you know, Armin Briegel always does a great job on, uh, Zed shell scripting, Zed you know, shell all these scripting, yeah. good habits and topics and 
And Greg Greg Nagel's uh, talk about uh, re- relocatable Python and what's mm-hmm. coming down the pike uh, that was a that was a a breath of fresh air I might say uh, it was nice to have it just very very well laid out and concise of what what the problem is and what a potential solution is not that it's the right solution for everybody but but a potential solution um, that was that was really nice to see laid out yeah. Congrats to the uh, Mac Sysadmin crew. I believe it is it Patrick as a crew of people. I'm sure. But, yeah, I think I think Patrick's uh, taken over um, from Tico. Know, Tico, um, uh, the the founder. We miss Tico. Like most IT, he's gone to the clouds. <laughs> I see what you did there. Ouch! Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Yeah, we miss Tico, nah. but yeah, a great, great, uh, a great version of uh, an online online conference. So very, very well done for a virtual virtual conference. So, and I must say, uh, Armin Briegel, uh, the intro <laughs> on his blog. <laughs> I mean, there seemed to be like a minor audio sync issue in the beginning. And then his camera placement was a bit odd where he seemed to be looking up to the camera, but he did this amazing intro. And if you haven't seen his talk from the Tuesday, what was it? Uh, uh, Practical scripting. Practical scripting, yep. Yes, I mean, the video is amazing. Just the the video work, the intro is just, and of course the whole talk is amazing. Um, And of course, Greg, with his sense of humor and his talk, Snakes on a Plan. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you haven't seen the talks at maxisimin.se for Sweden, then uh, go check them out. <laughs> and the uh, SE for the country code, uh, when I joined the Slack channel, it basically had some kind of automated message saying, hey, you joined Max Sissimin comp channel. Maybe you'd be interested in, in the Switzerland channel. I'm like, Mm, nope. <laughs> nope. That was very interesting. <laughs> good, good try. Um, Slack AI your, bot. Your your Swedish isn't all that good, huh? My Swedish and my Swiss, my German, my Swiss German, and my Swiss French, and uh, my Swiss Italian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, today I uh, attended um, a talk, uh, a little webinar by uh, Max Stadium, one of our. Uh, Mac DevOps sponsors. Um, it was with Jeff Geerling, who wrote this Ansible for DevOps book, which is a really good book, and I recommend it to everyone. And he's been doing a lot of great work with Ansible, um, but they were showing some examples of how they use Ansible to set up their Kubernetes clusters and how they use Ansible at uh, Mac Stadium, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, and it's also, it was an example of um, <laughs> the low bar for webinars sometimes uh, watching people live type in code um, and as they're editing their their pseudo file and then sudoers file and they're like oh I shouldn't have edited that <laughs> yeah well, I mean they have entire discords of people you know like live coding uh, that they? you can tune into is that a yes. thing? Uh, like it, Twitch is a, this is a thing I um, <laughs> it's I I Acquaint it to uh, watching paint dry um, or uh, mowing your lawn with a pair of shears. Um, but um, it's, it is that exciting. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah it's a, it, these things do exist. Uh, and I guess if you, you just need the comfort of having another voice uh, speaking, 
random garble in the background <laughs> that may be an option for you i don't i'm not yeah, sure I mean, one of my kids is always watching people play minecraft or other games on right Twitch and uh, i mean yeah i don't get it but um the only time <laughs> watching people type in terminal is uh i thought uh the revolutionary movement started by rich Troughton and i guess followed by eric dreyer dreyer um the uh pre-record your uh, demo and then show it. <laughs> I don't, don't want to watch you type yes. and then go, oh, I don't know if I should have done that. <laughs> I mean, it's comedy. It's comedy goals. RM uh, dash uh, cap R star. Is that is that a bad idea? Kind of like uh, waiting for the action scene in a movie. I was like, come on, just just make that Ansible thing go. I want to I want to see the playbook. I want to see the Ansible playbook. I want to see the Ans Ansible. No, you just you're still typing. OK. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, giving a presentation is not easy. We all know that. No. And we're all busy. Um, so and, and those who are willing to step up and make those presentations, uh, yes. you know, kudos to you yeah. because you are braver than all the rest of us in the room. Mm -hmm. So you, yes, you were willing yeah. to 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 step in front of the crowd and do that. So, you know, don't don't sweat it because we're all like, yeah, uh, I'm not doing that. No. So. Nobody wants well, to I, see me I do, live. I typing. do miss it. I I have to say, uh, being off the road here for, well, geez, now almost well, we're getting into almost uh, eleven months of being off the road. No, no conferences or anything like that uh, that I am actually presenting at. Uh, I am, I am, I am glad that we have the opportunity of the podcast to to chat with other people and talk about some of the things that we're doing because, uh, yeah, I I do miss getting up there and and. Uh, spouting off things that i think i know it's good to share i mean the devops yeah. uh, the book club it takes effort to run that and to make time for it um and i really appreciate discussing a chapter i mean we could be discussing lots of different books but this one just happens to have lots of relevance to our lives um and we can there's a lot of takeaways and it's really easy to like read a chapter read a page and then just go oh this reminds me of this experience or that experience how does this apply to ops or how we deploy monkey or how we manage computers or um and it gives us a good excuse to talk and to reach out to people and um, we've had people in europe uh, and no matter where you are you can join us i mean time zones are not always our friends but let's put those poor people in australia that would have to get yeah. up in the wee hours yeah. of the morning to to come join us but yes <laughs> No, it's been forcing me to read a book. So thank you to everybody because I'm <laughs> such a dummy. So DevOps or Dummies has been great. Um, it pushes you to learn things and to read things, um, to think. I mean, I know we just want to doom scroll our way um, and just stare at how crazy the world is. I mean, we have an election here in BC and I'm in Vancouver and British Columbia. We have a provincial election and nobody needs that. Um, but we got an election. And there's things always going on. So there's a lot of things that demand our time, but I voted and, and I hope everyone else votes in any election that they are able to participate in. But something somebody mentioned on Twitter and, and all these like things that we're reading, because a lot of times we hear about the world through TV or media. And, and a lot of times we learn about things that are true in the States, but are not true, say, where we live. Like someone was saying how there are always these, you got to sign up and register to vote and all this kind of stuff. And, and someone was saying, that's so strange because in Canada, we're automatically registered to vote. Like, I've never had to register to vote. <laughs> like, it's just, if we had to remember to do it every single time, you'd think there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't be. And so that's, you know, 
it's kind of strange and I'm, I'm not sure that I fully understand that. And obviously I don't live in the States. So I don't really understand that system and what's going on. So, and, and that ladies and gentlemen is your introduction to voter suppression. Exactly. And <laughs> why is it, why is not everybody already registered? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's kind of like a kernel extension. You know, you if you want to use it, you need to register it with Apple because they want to maintain maintain control uh, over the environment. Um, and one of the ways you do that is by making people jump through a bunch of hoops. But do uh, people to have to register it. every single time, like every election? No, or just no, once? no, no, no. Ge- not no. I, generally, you register once. Uh, in your state. And as long as you vote on a regular basis, that just kind of keeps your registration up. Okay. Okay. If you skip a couple of elections, they may choose to purge you from the voter rolls. Uh, Or if you have a very generic name, you might accidentally get purged because of uh, death records and things like that. Um, They're using Excel and they're running out of rows and apologies. (laughs) (laughs) There's things like that. So, uh, you know, it's always good. I I do advocate that you you check your registration and and do vote. And I I know that it's easier in in other places. And and, uh, it is one way that we get to participate in our our governments. Uh, Local issues, Mm -hmm. I do think, are more important than national issues. Uh, for the most part, because politics always starts at home. Being involved in your neighborhood. And but your- being involved in your neighborhood and your community, whether it's, you know, your local community, your Mac community, your your development community, uh, it, it all counts. So uh, I don't care who you vote for, just vote. <laughs> Participate, right? Nice. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask uh, how the uh, Minecraft server's service is going. It's been pretty steady uh, since it's- last week. Um, since... Totally coincidentally, yes, uh, we were interrupted in the middle of the podcast. I was given a yes, no, <laughs> the server, and I was supposed to check which one. <laughs> if I had checked no, I might have been some. And, and your editor was a jerk and left all of that in because it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is real life. This is what happens. Um, but uh, since last week, uh, I've been working with my friend Christian. He's the, my... Uh, Python coder friend has been helping me write these monkey report modules, um, but um, I've given him a new task and uh, we're doing some data analysis of some humongous files, which legitimately I tried to open in numbers and uh, it was a 12 million line file of data to analyze. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and uh, numbers said, yeah, we're only loading the first million. I'm like, oh, you can a million. that's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> just like the, uh, people who didn't uh, register all the deaths in the UK because they're using Excel. I mean, similar um, limitations may apply. Um, and, <laughs> so are, uh, you, are you looking at other solutions like FileMaker or Airtable or something like that to, to handle all something, that data? Or? Something totally different. And it's funny because my friend Chris, um, who we've had on the podcast and has been a good friend of mine, he just happened to work in, um, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it, big data or data analysis, machine mm-hmm. learning for a job um he's doing that for a year or two and he just happened to tell me the same thing as as christian was like oh i found this thing and the solution that they both told me about the same time was jupiter notebooks so jupiter notebooks is this really 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 cool i guess it's a python thing you you install it with anaconda there's a little mac app anaconda that can load up jupiter notebooks um 
and basically it's this really 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 cool um solution that allows you to define your questions like what do you want out of your data what are you looking for what are your questions so you can have some markdown you're basically just like writing in plain text but it's markdown you just go oh what is my question what do i want to solve and then you can break it out in piece by piece it's almost like um in the old days <laughs> when you were in school haha <laughs> Um, you they basically say, don't give me the answer. Give me, show me how you worked out your answer. So basically, allows you to define a question, have a bit of data, have a piece of Python code. Or I guess it could be anything. Uh, to how are you going to break it down? And then it shows your you solving the problem. So, and so um, it's really really neat. Uh, Christian did a lot of good work on taking my questions and the data and uh, how I explained it. And then he set up a Jupyter notebook and then I could add, add questions and then we could go in section by section. It's kind of like commenting your code, but it has a really nice way of showing you your, your, your solutions. It's almost like whiteboarding and questions and notes and Python solving in the middle. And um, it's a really neat way to solve uh, and I guess to train like a, a make a model to analyze your data. And then you can test it later with a lot more data before you spit out like a, a full like python script um yeah and uh it was really it's really fascinating of course um the jupyter notebooks in github and uh i pulled down the changes and load up the jupyter notebook and i was looking at it and then he's like okay add some questions so i was adding some questions and it was automatically writing the markdown for me and then i went to sync up my changes and then github just blew up like just like well the jupyter notebooks blew up basically uh -oh. talking to my friend chris again and he said oh yeah it's a known problem json you can't merge json or it just blows up the jupyter notebook so every single app like visual studio code or whatever all these different apps have different ways of trying to take the JSON and put it as a uh, comment code or do different things. But <laughs> so we were working together and, and oh, we had a Zoom geez. going and we had GitHub and he's and we're looking at the code together and he's showing me what he's done and we're working on it together. And then I went to go, you know, merge my changes and yeah, it just like blew up completely. But um, I was pretty frustrated by that. But uh, Christian was like, oh yeah, it's just a little bit of JSON here that got blown up. But um, the process itself of, of looking at um, your code and analyzing data and testing it, um, it was very, very interesting. Obviously, I know very little about DevOps, very little about IT, very little about machine learning and big data, but it was very, very cool. So Anaconda, I'll put a link to that in the show notes and Jupyter Notebooks. It's it's really cool. When, and it's nice to work on code together and work on the problem together. So that was, you know, outside of the normal GitHub, Git, you know, workflow where you're checking in code and you can merge it and you're working, you know, remotely or independently. Um, having this um, system so that we could work together uh, was really, really cool. And yeah, we threw in a Zoom session and we were looking at code and scrolling through it and, uh, you know, defining the questions that we wanted out of the data. And so I thought that was lots of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my my big thing has been uh, looking at, at updating some of my... Uh, my uh, monkey payload free plist to support Z shell or Z shell, uh, oh. and uh, uh, and getting some of that uh, C data encapsulated properly uh, in those so that they're just future forward ready for whatever the fruit company decides to throw our way. So that's that's been that's been my efforts and uh, tooling around in in that uh, in that. Yeah. I was thinking about doing the same thing while uh, re, uh, watching Armin uh, Briegel's uh, session. Reminded me again that I need to brush up on my uh, Zed shell, <laughs> get into that more, <laughs> and then go over and and uh, rewrite stuff. 
Yeah, it's uh, you know I, I gave a talk about about this uh, last year at, at MacTech conference. Um, the the first step really is just changing the shebang, running the script, and seeing what fails. Uh, for the most part, it's there's not a lot that that doesn't work for you. There's definitely more efficient ways to use uh, Z shell or Z shell or uh, whatever <laughs> whatever whatever you want to call it, but uh, Zish. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, just, just basically changing that shebang at the top, uh, running the script, you know, seeing where your, your, your callbacks are and, and, and dealing with those, uh, and, and, uh, a little, uh, you know, Google foo get you, get you fixed right up. If, if it doesn't already just tell you, you know, Z shell is really good about just kind of telling you like, Hey, did you mean this? You're like, Oh Yes. That's exactly what I meant. I will fix that. And and uh, you know, a lot of it's just kind of the the conditional logic. Uh, you know, is a little bit different. Uh, not yeah. a lot, but but uh, is a little bit more strict in some ways uh, for comparison operators for like string comparisons uh, and things like that. Uh, but other otherwise, nice. it's also a little bit looser and more flexible. So uh, some things that you know we might have otherwise like pipe through grep or awk you can actually just do inline so that's it's up to you to to make those changes but uh, you don't have to uh, and things work just fine but uh, you can if you if you want because that power actually resides in the shell uh, and you rely on on awk and and grep and things like that to to get some of the the string manipulation that i've i've done in the past uh, done so that's kind of kind of cool nice well i th think you need to lead another session on that <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, here. Let's let's take a bunch of old garbage scripts that I wrote years ago that I don't <laughs> even remember writing. They apparently have my name at the top of them, uh, and let's convert them to Z shell. And yeah. uh, it's very much uh, along the lines of Greg Greg Nagel's uh, presentation on moving from from Python to Swift, and basically he just copied and pasted stuff into the the integrated development environment, uh, and then just started kind of fixing errors until it, it stopped yelling at him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. Yeah, his talk was really good about you know oh. You know, keep using Python two. Ship your own Python two. Right. You know, switch to Python three. You know, ship your own Python three, or move to something compiled, or you know, like Swift. Or, right. It's very interesting. Um, Armin uh, Briegel also put up on his GitHub uh, an app called Package Check, where you could run recursively and check all the apps in your Monkey repo, for example, to see which ones have scripts that may mm -hmm. break in the future because they're running bash or something or running some language that may not be there yeah and and there's it was kind of interesting to see some some rather large name software developers uh, get called out for uh having uh, mm -hmm. bash scripts in in their installer packages right uh so yeah that that definitely helped light the fire uh for me to start uh upgrading some of these these things so that they are they are ready and and it's amazing i mean uh zed shell or z shell has been uh around uh in the operating system for for quite some time so backwards compatibility uh for this is just like why didn't i not do this years ago especially with the power i do remember a few years ago my uh awesomely prescient friend wade uh, we have to get on the podcast sometime he mentioned uh, oh my zush to me yeah that was interesting because then I set that up and I was just like really, really cool. I really liked it. But um, 
never started scripting in said shell. So I don't know, but just like running the shell, it was just kind yeah. of really cool. Like just as a, as a shell environment, it, it mm-hmm. is pretty spectacular. It brings a lot of power as you're typing, uh, you know, and, and, and helps assume a lot of, uh, you know, just silly things that we, you know, type and, and infers what you, what you're meaning to do. So if you forget to put the CD for the change directory, um, but you put in something that looks like a directory path, it'll, it'll just change that path. It won't, you know, you know, it won't throw an error at you and just say, did you mean this? You know, so as so many other arrogant shells uh, can do for you or to you. The things I, I really like about um, that environment is uh, that most of my bash aliases came right over uh, and were easy to integrate um, and and just some of the power to to uh, do file manipulations and things like that that are just built into the shell are, are really, really, really fantastic. And just auto, you know, doing some of the auto completions. I know uh, Armin uh, had another, I don't know if he had a, I think he had a video and I don't remember what conference series that was, but uh, he had another uh, session about uh, the auto completion because Apple, while they've moved to ZSH, hasn't really put a lot of completions in for all of the uh, the commands that are available at the at the command line. So the completions are basically kind of like a dictionary of uh, that allows you to hit tab and and see what some of your options are for uh, you know any of the flags or, or options that you might have for a particular command. Um, so uh, he's I know he for a while there was heading up a a coalition of, of people who were or, you know kind of putting these. Uh, look up dictionaries uh, for the commands together so that they would be available uh, for folks. So that's, that's kind of cool. So that, that ability to, to help auto complete, you know, various commands for the operating system, uh, especially when I'm doing something like rsync is, is it's just a blessing. You so have no idea. In, you have to enable it. Sorry. No, it's uh, it, the auto complete. Uh, I think the way Apple has it set up is it's turned on. Um, but I, it's so, it's so hard because I've been in this environment now for a couple of years. So I, I, I don't know what the default environment looks like anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. But generally when you type in a command, you know, like rsync uh, space and then hit the tab key, it will basically just show you uh, what your other option, what your next options are. So even in uh, something as simple as like an LN or LS rather for for a file listing, if you hit the tab key, it'll show you all of the the various options that you might have for that. So which is kind of cool. So and sometimes uh, you know it'll be like uh, you know, are you sure you want to see everything? Right. Something as simple as an LS, you know, you would type the LS space dash and then hit the tab key and it'll show you like you can put in, you know, that, you know, uh, dash T to show with complete time information, uh, capital S to sort by size, even things I didn't even realize you could do like dash lowercase M gives you comma separated listing of your files. Spectacular. I had no idea, but but these are here for you. So you can just do that. There's a lot of power hidden in shell environment. Uh, if you've not explored it, uh, I, I highly encourage you to, especially since Apple is is definitely moving in this direction, uh, even though they are they are keeping Bash around and Python around, uh, to be honest, because but they, they still have super they old have, versions. <laughs> they are old versions, but uh, they still have some of their own internal tools and uh and system parts of the system that just have not been converted yet. And 
we're getting we're beating pretty close because uh, that gold master is pretty much slated for next well what, what, what will be today or the tuesday in podcast time you know that for them to announce big sur actually shipping so uh, that's why i suspect a lot a lot of these things are still here but you know that the, that they're going going to go away uh, in the so next, download next your version. Catalina installers now with your install install macOS Pi or MDS apps or App Store. Download your Catalina installer now because yes, time yeah, definitely tomorrow it might be Big Sur only. <laughs> <laughs> right. So although you know uh, Apple some facilities in place to uh, allow you to download uh, previous versions of the OS uh, through the uh, uh, the command line uh, OS installer. I'll have to find that and put that yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, they finally added that to the software update year, right? Yeah, sorry, that's full update. installer. Yeah, so that that's that's kind of nice. I mean, before we had to use the the cheat sheet of uh, the hidden app store codes to to go find the the hidden installers in the app I've store. Been using the Greg script to install install macOS Pi, and uh, mm-hmm. Tim put that in MDS as well for those who use that. Um, but I finally just put ten. Uh, fifteen seven in my monkey repo. So you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to upgrade. Everybody finally, just before Big Sur comes out. Now we're going to Catalina. <laughs> That's almost when it's safe. Is just before the next OS comes out, right? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was safe because forget somebody I follow on Twitter. I'll have to find the show notes, but he posted a link to how long between each update historically in the last twenty years. And you know, we've never had a ten, you know, a seven release in a long it's been a long time, then years and years and years. Right. So when ten fifteen six came out, I thought, okay, I'll finally upgrade my uh, XN controller, which is the one server I never want to upgrade without, you know, extreme caution. And then ten fifteen six came out, you know, I'm like, hey, we're safe. Waited a month. Yeah, we're safe. Updated and all of a sudden, eh. Everybody's like, it's kernel panicking. And then a supplemental update came out and all this stuff. And now 10.15.7. <laughs> so just when you think it's safe and you're being super safe. Yeah. <laughs> there was a flurry of weird updates with Safari 14 and uh, security updates. And Yeah, that was the 10.15.7 was, was well, first of all, to, to fix the, the KP issue. Um, but it was mostly a security update that, that I recall. Uh, on that because there was a, a bunch of different uh, exploits dating all the way back into 1013 that needed to be fixed for for sandboxing and uh, mm-hmm. a few things like that so yeah apply those security updates they are they are important uh, and even Definitely. if you have machines check your running, backups make multiple backups use your cloud backups your time machine backups your rsync backups your carbon copy cloner backups your synology just back up 500 ways Backup. More importantly, check the restores. The backups. Check the restores. <laughs> the backups are great, but can you actually restore that data, right? Yes. Do all kinds of backups. Do all the testing and then upgrade your all your clients, your desktops, all your you never know when you'll need something like in a new OS like Siri. It might save your life. <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> highlight two uh interesting things that I saw. Charity Majors, I, I stand with Charity Majors. Um, she uh, had a really good post a few days ago about uh, managers needing to put some on-call time in, and somebody was saying how they were too, uh, they were a developer, and they're too valuable. Their time is too valuable to troubleshoot things as lowly as DNS or firewall issues or system problems. And this made Charity Majors go into a major fireball moment and uh, 
<laughs> she was like, it's definitely a red flag for me when developers claim their time is too valuable to be on call for their own systems. <laughs> it right. just brings it back yeah. to this whole DevOps where we should all be working together and not have these precious developers who lob their broken code at ops to fix or to manage or but she had a lot to say i'll put a link to that thread she's always has very well thought out threads and very opinionated of course but she um with honeycomb they write software that helps people understand where their software is going when it has issues and so that you should not be afraid to uh, roll out five times a day 20 times a day definitely not be afraid on fridays or any day because you know what's happening with your code all the time but she has always good opinions and uh, thoughts very thought-provoking, of course. Charity majors. Mipsy Tipsy on Twitter. <laughs> nice. And the other thing was I had some kind of huge uh, revelation in technology, how technology is amazing. I, <laughs> I finally had a chance to install TailScale, which is like a really cool version of WireGuard, which is a point-to-point -point VPN for all your devices. And so basically, you can easily create like a VPN network, uh, sort of like a mesh network between all your devices. and instantly, you know, with permissions and users and all the doesn't expose services that aren't exposed kind of thing. Um, it just allows you to create a private network between all your devices. And uh, I was having so much trouble remoting into certain systems and just installing this just made it so much easier. And just I can jump between networks. And it's it was it's been amazing. Yeah, really cool. And I noticed that uh, Ed uh, Mark Zach uh, was gonna is talking or gave a talk at Maxisimin about uh, WireGuard, which is the technology behind TailScale, and it's an open source technology that you can use. So I encourage everyone to check out Ed's talk and look into that because that's some pretty cool tech. Yeah, things are are interesting for remote access with with the changes coming in in Big Sur and and uh, screen sharing and uh, and things like that. So it's it's going to be I, I fear a little bit of a bumpy ride here. The first uh, one or two iterations of of point releases, but hopefully App will deliver. Well, every feature that is offered to us as a service as a thing can be exploited by malware and has been exploited by malware. So. Um, if you can alert a load, uh, you know, uh, an ancient kernel extension, you will still be able to do that in Big Sur, I believe, but it will prompt you to restart. So no sneaky loading of kernel extensions. And right. unfortunately, uh, part of my monkey workflow has been trusting certs for servers and loading them and loading profiles. Uh, you know, of course, you're not gonna be able to do that anymore. So you can't trust certs uh, in the command line. So also something I'm sure malware has been doing trust the cert of my server. <laughs> <laughs> as well as install these profiles. So now it's going to really bubble that up to the top if you want to do something. The GUI has to do it, which is a pain in the butt for uh, sysadmins who want to automate um, all the things. But there's always a way. There's always a way. Right, JD? We can't give up hope. Yeah, no, we we, we can't give up hope. Uh, all we can do is file radars and feature requests and, and uh, explain to the engineers who are, are diligently working on these things why we still need these tools and why they uh, are important to us uh, because these guys don't do our jobs every day and so they have no idea right they they're using metrics that are reported back to to them based on you know the millions of machines that are are reporting back to them of what usage data there there is and, and things like that uh, that's all anonymized and yada 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 but you know, because of that, they're not necessarily looking at, at some of the background uh, stuff that we're doing, the automations that we're doing. So uh, getting that feedback to, to Apple is, is important. 
join the community, join the Mac and Mint Slack, join a, a local meetup group, uh, make friends with those Apple people. And uh, um, the guys and gals at Apple um, don't hate you. They're not personally targeting you. So don't take anything they do personally. We'll end with a the title from the Ted Lasso episode. It's not the hope that kills you. We need hope. But yes, Ted Lasso. I mean, like, I love that show. I love... I love it. Maybe it was all the drugs I was on with uh, my uh, recent surgery, but uh, yeah, I was watching my catch trying to catch up on my Apple TV while I was in pain and on pain meds. But uh, Ted Lasso, it's the most inspiring, slightly sappy, but just positive show. And the the episode called The Hope That Kills You was just amazing. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I might sound like a, a bubbling idiot, but yeah, Ted Lasso is a great show. And I think we need characters that are, that are hopeful and optimistic and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody go watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. Yes. Okay, Apple, now pay me millions of bucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up for this week and uh, we'll see uh, everybody uh, next week. Yeah. Join us for the DevOps or Dummies book club. Join us um, in the Mac admin Slack. Um, let us know how you're doing and let us know who um, we should interview on the podcast. Unless you just want to keep hearing me and JD natter on because we're we're awesome. Well, Matt's awesome. <laughs> I know how to use Siri. I I take that call. Um, <laughs> thank you, JD. As ever, <laughs> you're an amazing co-host and super duper podcast editor. If you want to sponsor the Mac DevOps podcast, uh, just give us a shout at hello at mdoyvr.com. We'll be accepting sponsorships for the podcast and for the next year's conference. Thank you to our Mac DevOps YVR 2020 sponsors. Our sponsors for Mac DevOps YVR, the conference 2020. Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor. Thank you so much for helping us out. Sauce Labs, our gold sponsor. Simple MDM, our silver sponsor. And Adigy, our bronze sponsor, as well as Elastic, our community sponsor. Thank you so much. Uh, We couldn't do it without you, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests. And thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. Bot calling, bot whisperer. You, I was like bot trying whisperer. to call this Discord bot, and I was just like, come on, bot, come on. And I'm like, nope. And then you're like, oh, Matt. Here, bot, bot. Here, yeah. bot. <laughs>